Hi, Kylie. Carly. How are ya? I'm good now that we're recording. How are you? I know. I'm good. I will um I will tell you though, a little disclaimer here. I have hiccups right now. <laughs> and I am under the influence of pain medication. So this could be an interesting episode. And we'll, I'm sure, be learning why you're <laughs> taking heavy narcotics. Oh. Well, yeah, let's catch up. Um, let's do it. What's been going on since our last episode? Oh, well, um, let's see. So I went to Nashville. <clears throat> How was that? Oh, for work. It was, yeah, for work. Um, it was good. It was really, really good. So I think I've mentioned before, all of the safety managers um, are remote. So we all work out of our homes. And so I'm in Pennsylvania. We have one in Ohio, two in Michigan, and one in Florida. And so we all got together in Nashville and had meetings for three days. And so it was really cool because even though we talk to each other on the phone all the time, we hardly ever see each other. So that was fun. It was just really cool to be in Nashville. I've never That's been. A, no. Yeah, I've never been. Oh, my God. Mm-mm. Okay, we need to do a girl's trip. It um, is. Yes. <laughs> so so I was telling Azadine because he's never been there either. It is a place I could live. I'm serious. I really could live there. Really? You it don't say just, that about a lot of places. So I don't. Huh. But I could live there. It's a fun place. I like fun. Yeah. I know. And it has seasons still, you know. I mean, obviously, you're not going to get, like, three feet of snow. But I don't know. I just really, I really like it. Anyway, so that was that. And uh, now I'm back. And, um, oh, we got our car back today. Now, so, so how long it, <laughs> has it been since the uh, Right, so accident. for those that are uh, maybe just tuning in, haven't heard this episode. So July 1st, I wrecked Azadine's car. Um, I Yeah, so I had a parked car, whatever. Anyway, um, oh, go so listen to that one. <laughs> please go back and listen. Go back and listen. Crashes and Lashes, I believe that's the one. That's it, Yeah. So, July, August, September, October, almost, we're almost to November. So, four months we have been without um, his car. We've been sharing one car, which uh, was harder than I think we thought it was going to be. Anyway, uh, but we finally have the car back. Thank God. Um, Yeah, yeah. I'm very happy. Asmin is even happier. We shared shared a car for, I want to say a couple years when we first moved to California. Yeah. Um, Just kind of how it worked out. I remember that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it worked pretty well. I lived so close to our apartment and, you know. Right. But there definitely, I do remember times where it was just annoying. Yeah. Well, you know what? It worked for us because. I work from home, so I didn't have to go anywhere. And, I mean, it happened, like, right after my grandma died, so I wasn't, like, traveling, you know, to go and take care of her or anything. Um, yeah, it, it 
it worked out, but there were definitely days where I'm like, ah, like I need to go to the grocery store and I don't have a freaking car. Like this sucks, you know? Anyway, but we made it through. Well, good. So I'm happy. I'm happy it's back because it, you guys had just recently bought it when this happened. I so. mean, literally, he made two car car payments. Yikes. Okay. Yep. But, yeah. (laughs) Where where have you been going? What have you been doing in your car? Oh, well, I mean, we literally just got it, like, a couple (laughs) hours ago. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, um, we went to Walmart. Like, that was it. Who drove? Um, he did, because I told him, like, I'm never touching that freaking car again. No, never. For the best. Oh, my God, that was four months of absolute hell. Oh, my God. I know, I know. Mm. I mean, it wouldn't have been so bad had I not been the one that did it. Yeah. Whatever. I, I can understand that. Mm-hmm. The guilt. Yeah. But it's back. Anyway. Whatever. It's what back. Thank happen. God. Yes. Right. Um, let's see. What else is new? Um, I was in the emergency room a couple of nights ago. Oh, where are you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was. <laughs> what now? Um, I have diverticulitis. Okay, yes, which we knew this. Right. So, so yeah, this happened a few months ago. Um, but when I went to the ER, so I had, I had been having pain. Let me see here. What is today? Tuesday. So I went, I went Sunday night to the ER. I had been having pain since Friday. And, I mean, it was just, like, it was not going away. I honestly thought it was, like, period-related, um, but it was, I mean, I had never experienced anything like that, you know, with the period. So <clears throat> anyway, um, it was in a different area. So that's why I was like confused. Like the pain was not in the same location as it was before. Scary. Anyway, yeah, it was. So finally Sunday night, it was like 11 o'clock at night. And I couldn't take it anymore. <sighs> so went and um, yeah, that's what it was. So that's why I'm on the painkillers and on antibiotics. And this time I actually have to listen to the doctors and not eat nuts. That's my deal. Like nuts. You're, you're not supposed to eat nuts or like seeds. Um, and I don't really have an issue with the seeds. I don't eat a ton of fruit. Um, like whatever. So chia seeds, flax, flax seed. I can do without that. I'm not like crying over it. But peanuts, I have a very hard time with it. Anyway, I just have to listen to the doctors now because apparently they know what they're talking about. Yes. And the only other big thing that has happened since I talked to you last um, is I have a cat now. Because your life wasn't crazy enough. Well, so here's the thing. Um, I am not a cat person. It's not that I don't like them. I just don't really know much of, about them. We had a cat. I don't know. Do you remember that, Pavlov? Pavlov? Yes. It was Yeah, right? So we had her in Texas. Um, she was my stepdad's cat. And so, I don't know. She lived with us for a couple of years. Um but again, like she was an adult cat when she came into our life. She kind of like, she was set in her ways. She did her own thing. She left us alone. I was much more uh, into my dog, you know, and I've always been that way. So I never had a cat again after that and never thought that I ever would just because I'm not like, 
I'm not drawn to them. Well, anyway, on Friday, it was my friend Rachel's 40th birthday. And so uh, on my lunch break, I took her or I went over to her house to pick her up to take her to lunch. And um, when I pulled into her driveway, I saw that she was standing across the street in her neighbor's yard and she was holding this little kitten. I assumed that it was her neighbor's. And whenever I got out of the car, say hello, she explained to me that her neighbor had found this kitten um, three days uh, uh, prior to then and um, had been trying to find the owner, couldn't find the owner, couldn't take the cat. She already had a cat. Um, Rachel was like, I can't take this cat. I already have a cat. (laughs) I have a dog. And so... <clears throat> the cat came home with me and we didn't even go to lunch um, because we went to Walmart instead and bought a bunch of cat stuff and we ordered in anyway it all worked out so now I have a cat and the cat doesn't have a name he is cute as can be you saw him I introduced yes, you so cute cute as can be and he is so just cuddly um oh which I love that um and he like knows how to use his litter box like he is he's a good little boy but we don't know what to call him i always like like the old man names like walter or chester oh my god walter's actually a good name because azadine is obsessed with um breaking bad like walter white well there you Mm -hmm. go you're welcome oh my god that might just be that might just be his name walter little walter Anyway, that's all. That's all that's going on with me. How about you? You got out of the house. You, like, got dressed in, like... I got out of yoga pants. Right? Like, your nails were done, and your (laughs) hair, and makeup, like... Which, you look beautiful. You posted pictures. You guys guys clean up nicely. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. What were you doing? Well, um, we went to a wedding um, on Sunday two friends of ours they met at carmax so i know them from when i started okay so you knew both of them yeah so me and both the couple we started Mm -hmm. we grand opened this carmax so we started there from the very beginning um they were guests at our wedding um yeah so it was just kind of nice to see the whole like love story play out right you know they were they just claimed to be just friends for a long time and then oh what do you know we're at their wedding so that's cool it was gorgeous it was just beautiful she looked beautiful um mm-hmm. outdoors and it was just a good besides just getting out um just like a good vibe like i really yeah. am a true like empath so it was just good people i it was just good. I didn't have a lot of anxiety, and it, nice. was, it was just nice. Um, yeah, and nice for, like, you and Brian to have, like, a reason to be out by yourselves. Right. Just a reason to – exactly. So Yeah. And Brian actually took a four-day weekend. His birthday was that Friday, so he was off Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Nice. So, which is nice for me, too. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of, that kind of took up my weekend in the sense, like, okay, so Saturday I had to go find a dress. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You got yourself something new? Got myself something new. Good. Um, And then you mentioned my hair. I had to dye my hair, Um, Mm -hmm. which I haven't dyed, like, 
I used to box dye my hair like in high school all the time. That's just what I right. did. And then ever <laughs> since then, I'd you go haven't. get it professionally because I feel like let's leave it to the professionals kind of right. thing. Right. You're an adult. Right. right. Like you can right. do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we're, we're a family on a budget. Like for me to stay home, like we have to watch our of course. Budget. So I'm like, eh, not really in the cards. Like I'm not going to spend over $100 to go get my hair done. It's Bye. crazy because, listen, I do hair, and I always think to myself, like, if I had to pay to get my hair done, I probably would never get my hair done. Really? Yeah, it's so expensive, yeah. <laughs> right? You wouldn't. You always skip on yourself. I do. Well, not even that, but I'm cheap, so. Yeah, no, me too. Anyway, yeah. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, so, so I did a little bit of research, and uh, my sister suggested this brand called Madison Reed, mm -hmm. and... It's essentially a box dye, but they use, like, mm -hmm. higher quality stuff. And and isn't it supposed to be, like, more on the natural side? I guess I guess so. I don't know. That's what I have heard about it. I don't okay. – Yeah, but, I'm, but yeah. really not too familiar. There's yeah. a lot of information. I mean, I was like, oh, right. it sounds good to me. Okay. Um, cool. And like I was, so I stood there, like, for, like, 20 minutes trying to figure out what color. And I was like, fuck it, okay. Tuscany <laughs> brown it is and – um, you know, I put some, I wanted to keep my blonde a little bit. So I put like yeah. conditioner, like to keep it some natural highlights happening, uh, which yeah. kind of worked. I mean, I was prepared to go back to buy another box, depending on what the fuck I looked like when I got out of the shower. <laughs> um, but it worked like, so some highlights stayed and like I said, I'm basically a stylist now. I will be doing this again, <laughs> like to save money. And, um, but yeah, it was just the whole weekend. Like I said, it kind of was because the wedding like stuff I had to do yeah yeah so I anytime I have to go to the mall I take my niece because she's well now 12 she's all into fashion yeah clothes all that stuff um and have you I have to ask have you ever heard of a visco girl okay so this must be like a new thing because <clears throat> I have a couple of clients um and I have like, or a couple of clients who are in that same age range. And I've seen their moms post things on Facebook about that, but I've never cared enough to like look into what that really is. Well, yeah. So what, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> that was my question too. So, cause I would hear my niece say like, Oh, that's so visco. I'm like, Oh, hold oh. up. Like what? <laughs> um, so if you do like a search, cause I had to search it. Um, it says stuff like a trendy, like, woman who posts on social media. Um, and if you search more specifically, and this is what my niece would tell you, it's somebody that wears, like, scrunchies, oversized t-shirts, like, usually cropped ones, name brands such as, like, Vans. How bizarre, I know. But, but also the look kind of struck me It's kind of similar to, like, 90s fashion, really. So now okay. I think about it, I'm like, hey, we were doing this shit first. I don't <laughs> So it's a like a, a good thing? Like there's a good connotation with it? I don't think there's or... a bad one. No bad. I mean Or not I guess not bad, but I guess what I'm thinking of is like you know how like when we were in school, maybe it's still a thing, but like emo yes. or gothic. And like those were like, oh, like I don't even know. Like dark, yeah. Like it had a right, it had more of a bad connotation with it, right? Not that it was, but had a bad connotation with it. Yeah, I guess so. Well, there is another. But, like she described someone else as like an e girl. 
I forgot <laughs> to look that shit up, but um, the way she described it kind of reminded me of like, that emo look. Okay. I don't know, like, but all of this really was just taking me back to like that age, like junior mm-hmm. high, and being mm-hmm. into like kind of putting more thought into what I was wearing. And... Yeah. Yeah. How, like, how were you at that age? Like, were you influenced by other people? Were you had your own style? Like, what were you doing? Well, you know what? So I guess I was, um, but at the same time, so I guess, for instance, like, are you talking about clothes, right? So for, for instance, clothes, I think I had made a comment on maybe one of the like previous episodes about like having an American Eagle shirt and like how I had one American Eagle shirt. I got it for my birthday from my friend Lindsay. It was like a freaking more that thing at least once a week. I was just like, oh my God, like I have an American Eagle shirt. I never felt like I didn't fit in. But I was certainly, whether other kids were or not, I certainly was aware that I didn't have, like, all of those name brand things. Um, I remember I wore, like, Tommy Girl perfume, again, because I got it as a gift, and I loved it. I freaking loved it. Um, But I was very aware um, of my mom's finances. And so I never asked her for those things. Now, thinking back, like, she probably would have bought them for me. She probably would have. But I didn't want to ask her because I was aware that she was on a tight budget. And I mean, whatever, right or wrong, like, that's, that's where I was, you know. But I do remember I had, um, I had these pair of pants. And they were so it's, Adidas is the brand, right, that has the three lines. Is that right? Yes. Is that Okay, it is Adidas. Okay. So I had these pair of pants that had two lines. All right. So, <laughs> yeah. so you got, I don't know where I, we got, like, where right. I got them. But I did not know enough about name brands to know that, like, that wasn't the same thing. I don't know. And I don't even remember how old it was probably seventh or eighth grade. But I remember when somebody like somebody said something to me like, Oh, like those are like imitation Adidas pants. And I would be like, fuck you. Like, what are you talking about? Like, how do you even know that? Why do you care? And I didn't know that I didn't care. I just liked the pants. But that was kind of whenever it all came together, like, Oh, my God. Like, this is a thing. And people really do pay attention to that. So I don't think I ever wore them to school again. I did wear them. I know. Like I did wear them at home and stuff, but like, that's so fucked up. Isn't it? That reminds me side story, but in third grade, I, I went from a private school and I started at a public school. So at a public elementary. Right. Yeah. And so first day of third grade, I was obsessed with The Lion King. Maybe I've mentioned this before. And every school year, we got a new backpack. And I remember I picked out this, like, it was a square backpack. It was a Lion King. And it opened Mm -hmm. on the side. Like, obviously the fucking coolest backpack there was. (laughs) So I'm in the line, the bus line. And some little fucker makes a (laughs) comment about my Lion King backpack. And I don't think I wore it again, but oh I remember God. being so, like, sad, like, <gasps> like, I don't know, that wouldn't have crossed my mind, like, what? Like, 
who wouldn't like this Lion King backpack? And now I can fucking wear it again? What? Like, but I think I cared enough what people thought at that time. Like, but yeah, I just didn't wear it anymore. Like how, like, but that's how it was. I know. That's how kids are. That's so sad. So sad. Kylie in the bus line, like, oh. I know. I know. And maybe, you know, I don't remember this. Obviously, it was second grade before that. But I don't remember any of these things at a private school. I don't don't know. Okay. But but maybe the size of a school or maybe something played into it. But but I always cared. I mean, talk about Adidas pants. I think it was sixth grade. Me and my friend Jenny, like, I don't know if she had them too. I don't know, but I bought Adidas pants. Had my yeah. mom buy them, and I loved them. Right? Not because yeah. I probably really liked them, but because I felt like I was supposed to. Like you were them. fitting in. Fitting in with them. Yeah. And yeah, like I, I, I remember being into clothes too. Like we'd go shopping right. together. We'd have we would like trade clothes like. I found, I was going through boxes the other day, like, she would say, like, Kylie has this outfit, and then I'd return it to her, and then we'd, like, trade another one, like, oh my gosh. inventory almost. Yeah, yeah. You know, I never did care about, about that stuff. I never, I never did. Like, it was, I mean, yeah, obviously, like, that, that part affected me. Like, I just didn't wear those pants, but, like, it was more that somebody else, like, was thinking that I... I don't know that like somebody else noticed that it was like an imitation, but other stuff, like if it was just not name brand, like it just wasn't name brand. Like I never was self-conscious about that. I never, never, never was. I still to this day, I am not like that. Like I could care less about name brands. Now, Azadine on the other hand, totally into name brand, like all about it. Really? Yeah all about it I think part of it is cultural though like you that's things that are recognized worldwide uh well yeah yeah worldwide and um and they're not as readily available in other countries so to for other people to see him wearing those things it's like a a status type of yeah I mean kind of how it was in school I mean that's how it was you know, it is. And I did right. care then what people thought. Now I yeah. couldn't, I don't give two fucks. Like I'm going to wear, if it has two stripes, it has two stripes. Okay. Exactly. Um, right. I remember, but I cared. It was so different. I mean, like eighth grade, I want to say like, yeah, you know how you have like little clicks, like you had like the popular, you had like the bangers, right. like into like heavy metal and stuff. And like, yeah. yeah, I remember going to a phase, like I didn't know where I fit in and I didn't have a whole lot of friends. I'm always the type that has like a few close friends. And right. so I kind of was close to one girl. Anyway, I remember buying a corn t-shirt because everyone okay. in the group had a corn t-shirt. I remember your corn t-shirt. Actually, I think I'm pretty sure I remember your corn t-shirt. Really? Did you have one as an adult or not as an adult, but like in high school? No, no, never mind. You no. know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking, no, never mind. Okay. I'm thinking of my, <laughs> I'm thinking of my ex stepsisters. Oh, porn t-shirt because she wore it all the time. She yeah. was gothic, by the way. <laughs> she was in that group. Um, yeah, no, I. Well, here's the thing. Like, no, I didn't wear it in high school because the in eighth grade when I bought it, I bought the corn yeah. t-shirt. 
Now yeah. ask me if I had ever fucking listened to corn. I was corn. just gonna say, did you like corn? No, Carly. <laughs> like how fucking stupid. So stupid. So here I am eighth grade. Well, I'm gonna buy a corn t-shirt because that is my way to be part of this group. Got it. Fucking stupid. But yeah. But yeah, like how funny that how things change. Like, but yeah, right. that's how badly like we want to fit in <sighs> at that age. So. It's just interesting to see my niece, like, I don't know if that's where she's thinking her head's at, but, but in a sense, I'm sure, you right. know. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Corn t-shirt, how fucking stupid. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, you weren't the only one. It's not like it was just you. I know, but how weird. Yeah. But anyway, that's, that was a lot of my weekend. We also ended the weekend, Brian and I talking, how we just, we need a babysitter. So yeah. our mission is to find a fucking babysitter, get out, probably said this before, but we, we like need to, we need it. Get out yeah. every, at least every other Friday mm-hmm. and break away and just have adult time and I don't know, Uber somewhere, do whatever yep. the fuck we want, go nowhere. I don't know, just get out of the house and... Exactly. Just you two. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're on the right path because you created a care.com profile. Yes. It was really so. cool because I told Brian, like, hey, this this is where we're at. Like, hello. I miss you. I love <laughs> you. Like, we need each other. And then right. he makes the care.com profile today. So that was. So sweet. He listened to you. He did. Good job, listen. Brian. Good job. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> next episode, I'll let you know where we are in that process. Yeah. Yes. yes. Nice. Today's episode is special, huh? <clears throat> yes, it is. It is. Yes, because you were able to interview your friend. Yes. Last week. Yes. So, we kind of touched on it last week saying. Um, right. Kind of talking on. Um, like to spin off of the of the uh, Netflix series that we watched about life undocumented here in the U S and like what that looks like. And you kind of are going to give us a peek into, into like a real, not that they weren't real, but like this hits more, more home. Like, you know, somebody, I mean, yeah. And like to listen to her talk about her, her life and her experience and, what that has looked like and how it has affected her and her family. And yeah. So guys, um, I'm no Barbara Walters, but I did try to get as much information and kind of, um, give her a chance to share all the sides of her story. Um, so I will attach it right now. So here you go. Hello. Hi. Good evening. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. And I'm just so happy that you're partaking in this interview. I'm happy too. I, think... I had no idea I would be doing this tonight, this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really appreciate it. I do. Of course. Um, and for our listeners, I kind of touched on this last week, but... Oh, let me, okay, well, let me start by saying um, the interview we're going to have is kind of a sensitive matter, so 
we're not going to be using your real name or um, giving too many specifics of your story, right? Um, right. And then we kind of talked before about you having an alias, and then I said we're having trouble coming up with one. Um, <laughs> so I just gave you one. I went with like a stripper name, Diamond Destiny. That is your name Diamond. tonight. Oh my gosh, I love it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, hey, how about Dee for short? Dee Dee, okay. That works. Sounds good. So, Dee Dee, <clears throat> um, aside from being one of the most, like, funny, smart, and really one of the most, like, badass people I know, you really... Aw, thank you so much. <laughs> of course, it's true. It's true. Um, you really do have an interesting story that's always just... Right stuck with me it's been part of your story forever and as long as I've known you so um yeah, aside from all of that life. <laughs> <laughs> um why don't you start by just telling our listeners your story kind of going back just with your parents and um being that this is on being undocumented here right. in America um kind of give your backstory and your history. Right. So I am from Central America. Um, I moved here with my parents when I was 12 because when I was mm, about, let me see, what year was this? I was young, probably before five, before I was five um, in my country, which shall remain nameless. Okay. One of those shithole countries. No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, well, not really. <laughs> no, 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 it's not a joke. Um, my dad was kidnapped by our government, and he was imprisoned on all these false charges and all these crazy things. And um, both my parents are actually very educated, and he worked for a certain company, and I don't want to go into specifics, like you said, but the thing is, yes, that happened to him. And basically, even though he was found alive because my mom, like, moved heaven and earth to, you know, get him out, he, they never left him alone, you know, so he didn't want to leave his country, but eventually we had to, and we came here thinking that you know, given what had happened to him, it was going to be fairly easy to get political asylum, but that was not the case. In fact, it never, you know, came to be from various factors out of our control. And my parents, um, seven years ago, my mom and six years ago, my dad, they both got deported because of immigration warrants they had from that case being denied back in 1990 or whatever. And, you know, the Obama administration started enforcing all these warrants and it has continued through now, as you all know. And so that's where we are. So you said you were, you were five when you came. No, I was five when that happened to my father in my country, but I was 12 when I came here. So seven years later. So still really yeah. young, but okay. Yeah, nice. still young. It was actually the day after I turned 12. Okay. 
So five during this whole, there was a kidnapping with your mother and the government and and then 12 when you guys were able to leave that country. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very heavy story when you think about it. In fact, it is. I even interviewed you. I don't know if you remember, but I interviewed you for a paper I did in college. um, Oh, yeah. I do remember that. Over in the country that you came from, which I know we're not going to mention, but. um, Right. Yeah. So. So yeah, just twelve. Um, yeah. it's crazy. So seven years now that you've been living without your parents. Yes, even though I'm a grown adult, it was just another trauma that you know I had to go through because the way it happened was just horrible, you know, and so. Like, routine traffic stops. And that, you know, their immigration warrants came up in the system, so. So can you kind of explain that, day if you feel comfortable doing that? Like, how that went down? Because I'm sure you probably remember it pretty well. Yeah. Both times I was actually in the car with my parents when it happened. But um, because I was underage when I came here uh, my name didn't come up in the system when you know because obviously when the cop when my mother's name and my father's name a year later it was so crazy like literally first my mom it was a February and then like February of the next year I'm in the car with my dad and it happens again but I think that that was like meant to be because my dad has PTSD from all that stuff that happened to him. Understandably so, yeah. <laughs> he's not. Yeah. So he needed to be with my mother. You know what I mean? It's right. like, it's like, yeah. So I think, I mean, and I, I, I don't know why this happened. Maybe, I mean, uh, you know, you try to find a reason, but maybe there is no reason. Right. It's just it's just what it is, but sometimes it's things still, are just a shit yeah. situation. It's still very traumatic, even though I'm an adult, and I mean I think I've handled it pretty well. I mean, I've, I've had my meltdowns, but well, I can <laughs> imagine. And just so our listeners kind of understand, like the timeline, how old are you now? I'm in my early forties now. I'm okay. about to turn forty-two, so That's... I have lived here for thirty years. So I really barely remember my birth country. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, My brother, he came here when he was a year and a half old. So he has no recollection. So to him, you know, this is his country. That's, I mean, when he talks about this place, he talks about it like that. But I, I have a troubled relationship with America, as you can imagine. So I can't say that it's my country understandably yes. so right <laughs> right well, so we'll kind of elaborate on that so your relationship with this country and probably feeling a little scarred um yeah how what you guys have gone through I mean what do you have to say about that like your feelings not feeling like really this is your country even though you have been here for most of your life yeah I mean Well, I mean, I also, it's weird because I, 
mostly can I have always considered myself like a citizen of this planet instead of a citizen of because the country of my birth I also have trouble with it because of what happened to my father and so I have no loyalty to that place and then to this country it's weird but I have more of a sense of loyalty to it more of a love for it I guess than I mean because I mean look I've been here longer than I was ever there yeah so you know but still it's you know, and it, it's not, and I know that it's, like, not me that's the problem. It's this system, which is absolutely ludicrous. And it's, you know, trust me, my parents tried coming here the right way. And it was just a disaster from the get-go. Well, I mean, so. that's, that kind of was one of my next questions. Um, because many would argue and might even say, hey, my family's from another country, Um we came here the right way. Why can't you? Why can't everybody else? Um, yeah. What would you say to somebody that has that as a stance? Well, because most of those people, their family came here a couple, one or two generations ago. And things were not like they are now. You know, you could literally just come here and maybe live a few years here and you got your citizenship. Because... It wasn't such an overflow of immigration, you know, so it was a lot easier, you know, and I'm willing to bet that a lot of those people also came from European countries, which makes a big difference. And, you know, now you, you, I mean, you've seen how things are at the border. I mean, and it's, it's because of the poverty and just the desperation of people, you know, in Latin America that they're just like running from, you know, you have kids, if you didn't have a way to feed them and they told you, you can come to this place and work and you can feed your kids and it'll be better. You would do it. Right. Like say no more. I'm there. If it means that. Yeah. I mean, live and not go hungry or fear for our lives. I mean like that, that I'll, you, you have to think about it that way. It's not that they're coming here to take what's yours. It's not, you know, it's not pie. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> right. You know, so. I think yeah. that's a good point because I think that that somehow, like, that is why people can have such hatred or or be so black and white on this issue is yeah. because they can't humanize it or be like, hey, like when it comes down to it, this is just somebody like me trying yeah. to do the best for themselves and their children and their family. And yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, you know, it's, that's what anybody would do. That's what people here do, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. So it's not that different. It's just people view it as a threat, but it really. It's just, you do what you have to do to survive. Exactly. Exactly. And, yeah. Well, what are your thoughts um, or ideas or things that you might have thought about um, on solving the issue when it comes to border control or immigration or, like, how do you, what are your hopes for how you would like things to be in this country? 
I mean, I was going to say, and I guess that kind of touches on your question, like, you know that I got here 30 years ago and there are people that have been here five years and they and they have their papers because they're from like Venezuela, for example, which is going, which people are like starving to death, you know, but I don't hate those people because, you know, you understand, like, I understand how they got their status, you know, like, and it, that's why I can't understand, like, people who are sitting in a nice house and have never had to go through, I've never had to go through that, you know, and you're going to hate somebody because they're just trying to survive. So, and to answer your question, I just don't think that there is a solution to this because the world is in a bad state and, you know, immigrants are just going to keep coming and no wall is going to fix that. And it's, there's gonna, I hate to say it, but I just think that there's gonna be a tipping point in which something probably radical is going to happen and you know what I mean because it's not only here in the United States it's you know like the Syrians like in Europe it's just everywhere so I just like something radical and not necessarily in your favor something where exactly yeah okay not in anyone's favor right true exactly you know what I mean not in anyone's favor right because it's I, I just I just feel like the world is changing and it's it's getting crazier and maybe it's just my, um, you know, because you sort of become how you sort of become like you, you're just expecting the worst in this situation. So that way, if anything were to happen, you're like, okay, I'm ready <laughs> because when like, my parents got deported i was not ready right you know so well that was just... that that day that this happened that was the last time you saw them yeah right the last time i saw them and nothing i mean i talk to them you. every day pretty much but i'm sorry say that again i said nothing really prepares you for that anyway I mean. no no and you know it's it my dad's old and he's had you know three strokes and you know I I have to mentally prepare myself for the fact that I might not get to say goodbye to my father in person you know what I mean right. and it's just you know well, it, it's it's rough <laughs> I, think, I don't so. think I can even imagine that you know because we always you know, when people move away, you know, you always say, well, I'm, yeah. just, I'm a plane right away, you know. Exactly. But that's not and the I case I am a plane right away, but that means I can never come back. And if I go there, I, you know, like, me and my brother support my parents because they're old. And yeah. they went back to a place they hadn't been to in 30 years. And my dad is elderly. And, you know, so it's like, we can't go there because there we wouldn't have the opportunities we have here, you know, and that'll probably piss some people off, you know, like, because I'm here, like, I think you, you know, said something about taking American jobs. And it's right. Like, yeah. like, it's not, it's, it's not like that. Right. You know, it's. it's... No, I understand. And that kind of leads me to my next question. Like, 
how does not having papers, being undocumented, really affect your day-to-day -day life? Like, what are some obstacles that you have to face besides those fears just living? Yeah, I mean, you know, like, people have to understand, I don't want to be in this situation. You know, if I, and I've tried various times, but thank you, Republicans. They have, uh, <laughs> you know, they have, like, stopped me at every chance there's been. I mean, yeah, you're, like, anxious when, you know, you get in your car, you know, you could get pulled over. I mean, you know, it's, it, it uh, you know, like, I have no credit, you know, I can't, I can't do so many things. It's, like, ridiculous. I can't even go on a plane ride. I'm not a criminal, but I can't get on a plane because... I don't have a piece of paper with my name that says government issued or whatever, you know, and, right. and I just, I just think it's so ludicrous. Like, you know, like I know that you the only, oh, go ahead. No, that the only difference between me and you is a piece of paper and that's what people get mad at. Yeah. No, I, I don't understand it either. Um, I mean, on, our last episode, Carly and I talked about, and I kind of told you before this interview, we watched this documentary. I feel so white saying that. But we watched this documentary called um, Living Undocumented on Netflix. And it really just showed people's stories and how their entire families are affected by not having that piece of paper. But yeah. I think the, one of the biggest takeaways was kind of what you described. Like, you're, you don't have that free feeling and you're no. constantly feeling, you know, like you're a criminal or yeah. you don't have the same rights and you're living in fear. Yeah. And it's kind of hard for me to wrap my head around because it's just, you know, for someone that has anxiety, you and I both, you yeah. know, it makes me. I have anxiety. And, so. Oh my gosh, I can understand like how this must trigger so much of it because. Yeah. Holy fuck. You know, it's like. Yeah, so you read up on how to control your anxiety, and one of the first things they tell you is, like, remove yourself from a stressful situation, <laughs> and I think, well, my life is a stressful situation, <laughs> so I can't remove myself from it, so what the fuck do you do? Right. You know, so you just, you just have to, like, I swear, I'm ready if you know, the zombie apocalypse were to come. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, but you know what I mean. I do. I do. Yeah. And you also have your brother to think about. I mean. Yeah. It's kind of you two against the world now. And like you said, it if is. you were to go back, your parents yeah, will be I mean, here forever, was... reality is. And to be I mean, I was just new. talking to him about that and he's like, yeah, like, in reality, yes, we're one plane ride away from seeing them. But if we go there, what are we going to do there? Yeah. You know, like, people there are literally running for their lives with their children to get here. And we would be the dumbasses going back. Right. What do your parents, I mean, obviously, this is difficult on each and every one of you, but... How are they dealing? How are they coping being in this? I know it's their home country in a sense, but 
they spent many years of their life here in America, too. Yeah. And, and knowing that their kids, I mean, oh, I could put myself in their shoes, too. Like, that their kids are without them somewhere else. I yeah, know. I mean, you know, like I said, even though we are adults, you know, my dad, like, cries every day. Oh. So to, you know? Sorry. Well, it's okay. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's hard. Yeah. Like I said, I can't even, just letting my thoughts go there, I I just can't even imagine. Yeah, I mean, uh, I know, you know, like, I mean, yes, I talk to them, but it's not the same thing. And it's just sad because, you know, they're old and, yeah, that's the worst fear, like, <laughs> to be blunt that you know they're gonna die and I'm not gonna be able to see them again right so I know you mentioned earlier like okay I think it's gonna be something radical before there are changes and not changes that anybody wants to see yeah I mean I just I mean I I would I think the first thing I guess the one thing that could be done is the people that are already here, you know, like myself that have been here for so long, that came here as kids, that didn't have a choice in the matter, you know, like, it's such bullshit. They they should be given the privilege already of just becoming a citizen without all these hoops they want you to jump through, you know? Right. Now it's obviously, like, completely stopped because, you know of this current administration and, like, the people who actually got to enroll in, like, more liberal states like California, you know, they're living in fear that it's just going to be completely cut off and then they're just going to have to hide. And I'm sure some of them will get deported if it, if, you know, if the program does end. Right. And, like, the state I'm in is super conservative and, you know... I had everything ready, like, I had sent all my paperwork in to, you know, with with the DREAM Act thing, and then um, a federal judge put an injunction in because, you know, a Republican federal (laughs) the Republicans just don't want immigrants. Yeah. So, I'm not kidding. So, that's what happened, and it's just ridiculous you know people are are already here are contributing to this society and so I mean I think that's like a fair hope or you know that a realistic possibility yeah I guess is the word that yeah the kids that came here when they were still so I mean they were kids yeah something can be done or granted for them I mean, it's it's happened before, you know, when George Bush was president in 1989. This is, of course, 1988 is when it happened. Of course, we missed it. But he gave a general amnesty and like 11 million people became legal. So it has been done by a Republican president nonetheless. Wow, yeah. You know, and so it can surely be done again, but it's just 
people being vicious and fighting and just being ugly because that's what it boils down to, you know? Yeah, I sense that. I mean, it's hard not to get that impression when you are watching our current president speak on this matter in particular. Um, Just kind of very cold. And that's when I say, like, there's just a huge disconnect. It, It blows my mind that you can be human and not relate to this or... I mean, there's children sleeping in cages tonight. I know. And nobody... I mean, that's unreal. I know. That's unreal. You know, kids have been lost. Like, they'll never see their... I mean, how does that even happen? Uh, I know. How does that even happen? I know. You know, I just... That's why it's just so incredible to say that there are people... I mean, this is not the most horrible thing anybody uh, is living right now. And, uh, you know, it's it's super stressful. But imagine those people. You know, it, it's just uh, well, it's I mean, crazy. It just, I feel like it's two different kinds of people. I mean, here you are in the boat that you're in and you still have compassion for those that have it, in a sense, I'm going to say worse, just like not, not good, e- you know, either. So... Right. For some reason, there's just people that can completely just separate themselves from the real issues that are happening. Yeah. I mean, I hear these things, and we kind of talked about this in the last episode, but you hear about, like, American pride and proud to be an American. And, like, hearing this, it's like, I don't feel, I don't feel that. I don't feel comfortable saying that because I don't see how I could, how it's fair to say, yeah, I'm proud to be an American, the same country that is doing this to someone like you and kids that are in cages like yeah no I'm not proud of that (laughs) I mean well America has the history but we'll go into that on another podcast (laughs) (laughs) exactly right and this is just present day shit like (laughs) yeah I mean you know it's and that's what that's what gets me it's so hypocritical like like it, it that that's that's the number one problem I have with this country, honestly, is the hypocrisy. Yeah, understandably so. You know. Well, so. I think my hope is, like I said, that small goals here, like yeah, if people in your shoes, like that came here as kids, like that yeah, something could I mean, be done. <laughs> Maybe yeah. in the next administration, hopefully. That's, <sighs> you that's know, a we get this step that out. can be taken mm-hmm. in, the, and in the right direction. Then you and your brother could come and go freely. And yeah. yeah. I think that would alleviate a lot of a lot of the stress that you guys have. The bigger stresses mm-hmm. in you. <laughs> I know. It's just, I know. I mean, it's just crazy. But, I mean, you know, I guess nothing is impossible. Right. Crazy mm-hmm. things happen all the time that you never think would good thing so very true very true you know well if there's one thing that our listeners take away from this your story what what would you want that to be Mm, to just stop thinking of like us versus them you know what i mean yeah like i think that's important because that's what creates division and that's what creates hatred towards others there's like no us versus them it's just us 
you know, it's just people. Mm-hmm. And if people were decent towards each other, it would be such a much better world. I mean, that's... I that's, agree. That's just be decent. Yes. And kind, you know. Well, I think, you know, this is something that people are always going to battle. You're always going to have assholes in a sense, right? But... Right. It just... I'm glad that you're sharing your story. And I think that, you know, if you change one mind, you know, it sounds cliche, but it's true. Yeah. Like, yeah, just, I mean, that's how things change. Yeah. Change one mindset and change the dialogue a little bit in their world. It it does. It makes a ripple, you know. It does. It does. I mean, you, you know, when... I mean, 10 years ago, you we wouldn't be openly talking about these things, you know? Very true. So it's a good thing that it's out in the open. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I think about you all the time. I always say this, but you're always on my mind. And Aww, I mean, I just think that you're such a strong person and, you know, you carry a lot. Like, you're supporting your brother and your family from afar. And to go through what you've been through, you know... I just—that's trauma, and it is. It's trauma. It, it is. is, and it is. So, you know, I think about it a lot, and I just—I mean, I take a little strength away from that. So, well, it, it means a lot to me too that you think of me in that way, and you know, it helps me cope with that trauma to know that there's people like you, and you know, I do have a lot of support, even though like. I have this pessimistic, cynical view of the world. (laughs) I know. You know. (laughs) That's just, you know, but, you know, I do know that a lot of people love me and support me, and that means a lot. Most definitely. Was there anything else you wanted to add? Um, No, I mean... I can't think of anything right now. Now, now that I'm, now that you put me in that spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, don't be that. Don't be asshole. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, hey, I kind of run this podcast along with Carly, um, and um, you're welcome anytime. So. <laughs> All right. Awesome. All right. Well, well, thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate your time. Of course. Anytime. I'm happy you asked me to do this. Of course. I'm just happy you said yes. So, again. Of course. Thank (laughs) you. And, um, all right. I guess that's it. Yeah. We'll see if anybody says anything. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, even if they don't, they'll be thinking, like I said. So. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Well, enjoy the rest of your evening. You too. Love you. Have a good night. All right. Bye. Can I? (laughs) Yeah. So, can I just tell you that, like, well, first of all, I think you did a really good job um, interviewing her. Second of all, um, I know we're not saying her name, but if you are listening, thank you so, so very much for being willing to open up and talk about 
your life and your experiences with this. Um, when I listened to this, uh, it was, you know, a few days ago, you had sent it to me after you, after you talked to her, I was just, I was just crying. <laughs> I was, I was just listening to it and crying. And I feel like she has handled this situation so much better than I think I ever could. Uh, just with grace and dignity. And I, I mean, I just feel so bad for her. I really do. I feel so bad for her. And, um, I can't even imagine. I, I can't even imagine being her in the car with, each of her parents on those two separate occasions. I can't even like, it can't, I can't, (laughs) it can't compute into my head. Like I don't even understand how you go through that and, uh, and not just be bitter as hell, you know? Um, also it has left me in this place where I'm thinking to myself, like, how does this even happen? Like how, how are we living in 2019? Like how is this the U S because right. They say history repeats itself and that's why we learn about it. Like, like I remember being in, in, you know, in elementary school or high school and everything and think like reading about history and thinking like, ugh, this is so freaking boring. Who cares? It's in the past. Yada, 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 whatever. And <clears throat> I remember like my stepdad actually, and my grandfather saying like, well, no, like you have to learn about history. You have to learn about history so that you know what happened so that it doesn't happen again. So you learn from your mistakes and, like, how is this happening again? Because it, 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 um, seems, uh, awfully similar to what happened with the Jews in Germany. And do you see what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. um, she referenced, you know, kids in cages and like, how is that not similar to concentration camps? I mean, say what you will about blankets and, you know, temperature controlled and that they're given food and obviously they're not like being burned alive. Right. Like it's different in that way, but, um, it's all too similar for me. And I just don't know how we're like, like how, why is this still happening? How are we all just sitting here knowing that, that that's taking place and nothing's being done. And I just don't understand it. I really don't. I mean, obviously I know that if you turn on the television, there are people talking about it, right? Like there are, but nothing's being done. (laughs) And that's mind blowing to me because our kids, Kylie are going to learn about this 
in their history books. Mm-hmm. No, I know. And that's really fucked up because, like, it happened again. Like, we're <laughs> did we all miss that day in history class? Like, do you see what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. And so then, so then further, it leaves me in this. Um, it leaves me in this place where I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, what now? So now I watch this documentary and now I listen to your friend's story and I have friends too, um, that I know that are undocumented and, um, it's really not even something that ever comes up in conversation, but like, what, what do we do now? Where do you, where do we go from here to, to think that, to think that your friend could be driving down the road and get pulled over and then that would be it right like and that she would be departed back to her her quote-unquote birth whatever yeah country i was gonna say her home country but yeah her birth country that's insane when she doesn't know that country that's not home to her she's been here longer she longer than she's been there it doesn't even matter though to be honest like it doesn't even matter the the time like it's the principle you know mm-hmm. um to think that she'll never see her parents i mean that's where i lost it <laughs> listening to her uh to her story, like, unless she gave up everything here Mm -hmm. to go there. Like, what is this cruel world we live in? Like, how is this America the greatest country in the world? Really? And, like, what you said, too, about how you're staying, you know, proud to be an American and all that stuff. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm not real sure how anybody could say that today, right now, right Right. now. Right. Talking about this situation. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you, and like she pointed out, like, hey, this isn't the first time we have a history of doing really fucked up things. Right. Okay. Yes, Definitely. But here it is, present day, like you've pointed out, and this is happening. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really think pride isn't really the first word that comes to mind. Mm -mm. Um, Quite the opposite. I feel embarrassed. I feel ashamed. I feel guilt myself. Um, And, you know, I mean, just how you said, like, her, to lose, to lose her parents in a sense... Yeah. And she still gets up every day. I can tell you she works a lot of times seven days a week. Right. And a really labor-intensive job. So every day she doesn't have time to, like, curl up in a ball and, you know, right, just... Like, right. Like, she has yeah. to keep going. And when I said, like, I think about all the time and I really pull strength from her story because it's true. Um, this is her everything. Yeah. And, you know, like she had just, she had said, like her, just her normal conversation with her brother, like they're, they contemplated even still, like, okay, we go and see our parents. 
Right. And I'm sure they But then they can't come back. They can't come back. And then, you know, the day comes when their parents aren't here anymore. Then they are still left in this country without anything (laughs) and trying to learn a new place and not with the best. Not in the best well, of conditions. And, yeah. Right. Well, like she said, you know, you've got people that are there that are running for their lives, that, like, running to America, like, want the F out of there. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're contemplating going back, and, like, they can't. And I'm sure, I mean, I don't know, but I'm sure if you were to ask her parents what they wanted, they would want their children to stay here. And what a painful, like, well, that's love, right? Like, as much of as they course. want them there, it's like... Well, no, we know what's best for them. Oh, right. Just, yeah, it is. It's it's so, and that's where I think obviously that is the biggest piece of it that's affected her the most. Yeah. Is like, yes, the life she lives every day essentially in fear, but more than anything, it's apparent that it's her parents being yeah. completely different country. Yeah. Does um. Do she and her brother live close to each other? They live together. Oh, they live together. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, thank God. I mean, at least they have each other, right? At least they do. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I think they have to. I'm sure that this has brought them closer together than yeah. ever, ever before. I mean, uh, I think... I don't know about you, but, like, before I was in my, like, later 20s, I'd say, politics were always something I kind of had this mindset, like, well, eh, I'm not really into politics, like, it doesn't really change me or affect me much, like, my day-to-day is the same, like, mm-hmm. no, like, something almost like I could choose to be a part of or not. Right. And now... <laughs> You know, maybe just growing up and just seeing what I've seen, it it's so, it's on the other end of the spectrum. It's like, how could I not be right. involved or, or pay attention or, or, you know, just know something about the politics of this country or the world? Like, right. in a sense, we have almost that duty to to pay attention. When you talked about earlier, like, how is this happening? Yes, people are speaking out and they're protesting and they're marching and they're saying they're speaking their truth, but it's like right. it's like even still we need more. We need greater numbers. This can't just go away. Um and I think it is important to pay attention to watch this the campaigns to turn yeah. on the news every now and then at least and just see what people are saying about our people. If you have kids, right. these this will affect our children. If you don't have kids, it doesn't matter because it's still, again, like I always say, you're a person, you're human. We share this right. planet with this is, other people. Yeah. yeah. And I guess, you know, always say, like, this is why we do the podcast. This is why we talk about stuff because so many people aren't. And talking yep. is the easiest thing I think that we can do. Mm-hmm. Sure, I'll talk about it. Somebody right. else do. Even if it gets somebody else thinking about it. Exactly. And that, that's exactly. Just, that is why, guys, like, we wanted to share, have her share her story. And yeah. Just, and she did it beautifully. She did. I'm 
She did. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Cece. No, (laughs) Dee Dee. Dee (laughs) Dee. Diamond Destiny. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Mm. Well, guys, like I said, I hope. I hope it just leaves you with some sort of thought or just some sort of anything. Honestly, anything at all. Yeah. Or you. Yeah. Yeah, and I, uh, yeah, I mean, I would say if you were going to share any, any episode of ours, please let this be the one. Yes, that's true. Really? And if you guys have comments or questions, um, she's willing to answer questions or Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, I just want to give her a hug. (laughs) Well, she can't come to you, so you gotta I know. go to her. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, I'm giving you a virtual hug right now. <laughs> oh my god. All right, guys. Uh, well, I know it's kind of a heavy episode, but yeah. we love our listeners. We thank you guys for listening. And um, until, Catch you next week. until next week. All yep. right. Bye-bye. Bye bye.